Well, we're over in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4. We picked up last time and in, in, uh, we covered most of the, the chapter here, looking at the gifts that God had given to the church, the purpose for it, that we could grow up in all things, that how we grow by what every part supplies, and how the gifts that God has put into the body of Christ are there to be first off, looked at as gifts, and that they're there to help benefit us and grow us up and do all kinds of good things for us there. And we pick up here in verse 17. And I have a couple of other translations we'll read there in a little bit, but let's go back to the New King James first. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you you, uh, well, I got that in the, in the King James. Why did I do that? This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you do not walk as other Gentiles walk in the vanity or in the futility of their mind. The um, New Living Translation puts it this way. With the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. <laughs> the message puts it this way. And so I insist... And God backs me up on this, that there be no going along with the crowd, the empty-headed, mindless crowd. Well, we're getting the point across anyway, that we should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. There is a way that the Gentiles do walk, and we're not to walk in that. But understand what this means. This means that Christians can walk like heathen. If he says that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, then as a Christian, you can walk like a heathen. <laughs> well, now, we should not, but we can. Just because you walk like a sinner doesn't mean that you are. You may walk like a... And certainly when you first get born again, I think those Christians walk more like sinners than others. But just because we walk like a sinner doesn't mean we are a sinner. But sometimes we look at people that are walking carnal, Christians that are carnal, and then we're kind of stuck. Well, you know, how, how do we explain that? How do we explain Christians that are walking in, in that way? Are they uh, just not born again? Are they maybe born again but falling away? Well, he answers it for us here. That you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. So you can walk like the rest of the Gentiles walk. So why don't we? I mean, hey, why not just walk like the Gentiles do and be a Christian? If we walk like heathen, we will not have all the advantages of being a Christian, will we? If we want all the advantages of being a Christian, we've got to walk like one. We've got to walk in the way of one. If we, if we walk like a heathen, we're going to be controlled by the flesh, not by the Spirit. There are advantages to being controlled by the Spirit. There are disadvantages to being controlled by the flesh. If we walk like the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, then we will be controlled by the flesh like they're controlled by the flesh and not controlled by the Spirit. That's a whole lot better to walk by the Spirit. Just like, you know, when you get out there in the summertime, it's time to cut lawns and stuff like that. How many of y'all know it's a whole lot better to cut a lawn with a power lawnmower than with a push one with blades? You ever have one of those push ones with blades? The wheels make the blades go around, and you go and you push that around, and there you go. I remember when I was a kid, my, my uh, dad picked one up, and we asked him why. He said, because he so thoroughly enjoyed cutting the grass with the, uh, the, the push mower. No gas, just, just the push mower. But I was the one who cut the lawn. <clears throat> so I, I didn't quite understand that. I like the power one. I want to put gas in it and go. <laughs> but, but how much better it is to go with the gas one. And then when you get a tractor and you just sit on a tractor and then you just ride around. That's even better than a push lawnmower that you put gas in. But both are better than the other. So, you know, why downgrade? You know, we, have been, we have been given the ability to be controlled by the Spirit. And the Spirit helps us on things. He helps us to do things, do, do things right. Do things correctly. He helps us to overcome. 
He helps us to know some things that are down the road, some, some pitfalls and some traps. He lets us know some good ways to, to do things. I heard a story of a, of a lady. She, he was, uh, she was caught by the boss. She's kind of standing there, not doing anything. And so he, the boss kind of got on her and said, you know, get busy. Do something. I said, I don't need to. I did it right the first time. <laughs> a whole lot of people can look busy. And they got it wrong, they got it wrong, they got it wrong, finally they get it right, but how much better is it to get it right the first time? Well, the Spirit helps us to do stuff like that. He goes on. Having the understanding darkened, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Having their understanding darkened. We can have our, our, our understanding darkened, but I want you to understand this. Having their, who's he speaking of? The Gentiles, that walk according to the futility of their mind. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God. Understand this phrase, having their understanding darkened. You can only darken what was light. Isn't that right? If it was already dark, you can't darken it. If it was already black, you can't darken it anymore. So if we are born in a state of darkness, you cannot be darkened, can you? So how, what is he talking about this? Having their understanding. He's talking about who? The Gentiles, not fallen Christians. He's talking about Gentiles. So look at what he says. Having their understanding darkened. Does that not imply that at one time they had understanding? How is it that they're Gentiles? <laughs> I mean, he's just opening up all kinds of worms in this, isn't he? Having their understanding darkened. Being alienated from the life of God. Being alienated from the life of God. Doesn't that seem to imply that at one time they were not? If they're being alienated from the life of God, didn't they at one time have to be in touch with it? We're talking about who? Gentiles. People that are unsaved. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them. Now, we've told you before, ignorance is not stupidity. Ignorance can be cured. An ignorant person is just one who doesn't know. They, they, they haven't heard. They don't know. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. So he gives us the reason for the alienation from the life of God. Through the ignorance that is in them. How many of y'all know we were born this earth, we were born a bit ignorant of God? We, were born, we didn't know anything about, about God, but apparently we were not alienated from God. We were ignorant of God but we were not alienated from Him. But because we were ignorant, we became alienated from Him. So what's the cure for that? <laughs> Having the knowledge of God. So, we want to get the full picture of what He's saying here. Because if you get the full picture of what, you, what He's saying here, you'll understand heathen a whole lot better and um, Christians a whole lot better too. Having their understanding darkened to, to Gentiles, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them. Go over to Romans chapter 1, verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Hold the what? How'd they get their hands on that? Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. Wait a minute. Let's go back to the beginning here. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. men, speaking of mankind, who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. Who? Mankind. For God has showed it to them. For the invisible things of Him from the, the creation of the world are clearly, clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His 
eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. So what God is saying is all of mankind has the manifest knowledge of God in them. All of them. God, for God hath showed it to them. They all got it. Is anyone ignorant of God? No. Is there going to hold for anyone to have an excuse? Same for God. I didn't know. Because <laughs> God say, no, y'all know. Y'all knew. Every one of you knew it. Every single one of you knew about God. For the indivisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Clearly seen. Hmm. If something is clearly seen, how do you mess it up? I mean, if you can clearly see something, how do you mess it up? But how many of y'all know you talk to some heathens and they're messed up? I mean, they can't see nothing. It's, it's all gone. It's, you, you want to, you know, do somebody have to tell you to come in from the rain? Because they just don't understand a thing. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, being understood by the things that are people made. <laughs> Even His eternal power and Godhead. Wow. Even the Godhead can be clearly seen so that they are without excuse. They got no excuse. They can argue all they want to, but they got no excuse. No one is ignorant of God. God has put it in all of them. So with that understanding, we can understand this verse a little bit more. Having the understanding darkened. At one point, every person who walks on this earth understands God. Having their understanding darkened. The only way it got darkened is if it was already lit up. So it was, it was darkened. Being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them. So there, is, there are some things that they're ignorant of, but there's some things that they are knowledgeable of. They have some knowledge of God in them. But there's also some things that they're ignorant of. And it's the ignorant side that brings darkness to the side that is light. It's the things that they don't know that brings darkness to the side that they do know. Because they don't go out and get the answers. They assume that what they don't know or they, they, they hear some things on what they don't know and they accept them as truth. But they had truth in them. All they had to do was take the truth that was being presented and line it up with what truth they knew. Now, how does that work out in the, in, the, in the actual practice? Well, when we're born into this earth, we're born with the knowledge that there is God. When pe people are not born into this earth spiritually dead. Now, remember this. When David's son, through Bathsheba, died, he said, I will go to him, but he will not come to me. I will go to him, but he will not come to me. So he knew that even though this child was a babe, this child's going to heaven. And, and from verses like this comes the age of accountability. That at some point we become accountable and we either accept or reject God. At some point. So it's a matter of what, when we come to that point. But up until that, that time, if we die, we're not alienated from the life of God. And that's why they, the, the children can go to heaven. Because they're not alienated by the life of God. God didn't alienate them. They alienated themselves. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, not by God, through the ignorance that is in them. So if they don't remain ignorant, what happens to the life of God? They don't get alienated. They continue to walk in the truth. And so even children that are born into unsaved families, if they search out the truth of God outside of their parents who are giving them something else, they never become alienated from the life of God. They continue to walk on in those things. But if we don't, and that's why the role of the parents is so important. Because as those children grow up and they have questions, they have things that they're ignorant of, 
You educate them. And you enlighten them. Oh, is that how that works? Okay. And they never become alienated from the life of God. But Gentiles, which he's speaking about here, all of them were born not alienated from the life of God. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them. So there are some things that they're ignorant of. And as we approach those things that we're ignorant of, we begin to come up with ideas. And we begin to search these things out and, and we come up with other answers. And then people come along our path and say, well, that's not exactly the truth. And, well, it's this way and, and it's that way and, and these kind of things go on. And, and if we buy into it, then we're taking the areas that we are ignorant of and replacing them with a the wrong kind of knowledge. And then the things that we're ignorant of, we remain ignorant of. And that ignorance causes us to become alienated from God. So as we're growing on up, we begin to wonder, well, I, I, I look at all the order. Because you cannot be born in this earth and look around and not just be amazed at the order. The order of just, I mean, even if you don't travel, even if you just stay right where you are, the order of things is astounding. And we begin to, to wonder, how has this all become this way? And they begin to search out for those, those knowledge. But they, they all know that there is a God. Because if you go into every single nation on earth, you'll find out that they're worshiping something. They're worshiping rocks. They're worshiping celestial objects. They're worshiping woods, wood things they've carved themselves. They will make things and worship them. We've got people in this country that worship the creation. All the created things. You know, you're in worse shape if you kill a dog than if you kill a human. You're a worse of a person. They're worshiping the creation, not the creator. And so they've substituted these other, other areas that they, don't, they didn't have knowledge of. But they were born with a certain amount of knowledge about God. And they could follow after God. They could say, God, I don't know who you are. But I know you're out there. But I don't know anything about you. And if that person says, would you... Would you teach me about you? Boy, I tell you what, look out, because God will move heaven and earth to get the knowledge of God to that person. But understanding can be darkened. And if you look at the heathen that are in this world, I mean, darkness is just incredible. They are just so ignorant of things. And they go about things and they think it's normal. And we look at this and we say, it's not. That's, a, that's not a normal way of looking at, at things. You know, how is it that it's, it's not okay? And how is it that you, how they don't see this? I don't know. How is it that it's not okay to mention Jesus in the classroom, but Muhammad's perfectly fine? How is it that prayers to Jehovah are bad, but Muslim prayers are okay? Prayers to Buddha, that's okay. Prayers to Mary, that's okay. There's no opposition to that, but opposition to, to this kind of thing. just drives us crazy, doesn't it? So that, how can you not see the inconsistency of that? How do you not see that, that, that these kind of things are, are wrong? Well, the wrath of God will be revealed to them. Because they took what they knew and they let it go. Because of what was, else, what was out here. And you all know you're dealing with heathens and you're trying to take this warped view of God and the world and things that are out there. And he's, how, how can you even believe? What do you have to base that on? Well, I just feel like that's the way it is. I just think that that's so. Oh, come on, people. And it, it just, you wonder, how can we get there? Because there's, a, there's darkness on them. And we know from Paul's teaching that he says that the God of this world has blinded their eyes. Well, how did he blind their eyes? Because they had a knowledge of God, not alienated from God. And Satan comes along and presents false truth, which they begin to accept, not comparing it to the knowledge that they know. And when they accept that, he begins to come in and, and darken their understanding. And so they begin to think that darkness is light. They're confused. They don't know. Let me go back to this 
this other uh, reading again. The New Living Translation. With the, with the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against Him. They have closed their minds and, have, and hardened their hearts against Him. The message. And so I insist, and God backs me up on this, that there be no going along with the crowd, the empty-headed, mindless crowd. They've refused for so long to deal with God that they've lost touch not only with God, but with, with reality itself. I mean, people, they're just, they're just not dealing with reality. You know, you just look at the global warming crowd. You, and you just try and deal with reality on the thing. And, and there's, there's no dealing with them on it. There, I, mean, I, I thought of an example when I was thinking about this for a bit. In your home, what is it that keeps your home warm in the wintertime? Beside the heater. You know, you've got the heater. Running, but what is it that keeps it, the heat to stay inside? But there's something, there's something in the walls, isn't there? There's insulation. Walls with insulation are far better at keeping the heat in than the wall by itself, isn't it? It's far better. But what they are doing in the, in the global warming cloud is they are bypassing the insulation. And they're looking and they're, they're trying to tell you that not the kind of paint that is on your house, but a trace element in the paint has more effect upon the heat stain in the house than the insulation. If you compare it, that's what they're doing. Because carbon dioxide is a trace element in the atmosphere. It's not a major element. It's a trace element. It's a small percentage. And they're trying to say that what little bit we can do to influence that is causing global warming. But it's just like there's an additive in the paint on the outside of your house. And that's what's keeping you warm. No, it's not. It's the insulation. Totally bypassed the whole thing about clouds. Because the, the, the earth has a way of, of doing things that as it warms and cools, cloud cover increases and decreases, which thereby warms and cools and goes the opposite direction and brings it all back into balance. But you can't even talk sense to them about that because they want to be able to explain away all the things that God has said. They've refused for so long to deal with God that they lost touch not only with God, but with reality itself. And the more they follow after these kind of ideas the more they completely lose touch with reality. And they have no idea what's even going on. It's one reason I don't like news people. They have lost touch with reality. They have no idea what's going on. Because they have... They know about God. They alienated themselves from God. So, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them. Because of the blindness... Of their heart, so there is a blindness in their in their heart. There's a blindness that comes over them because of the ignorance that is in them. Through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. So, because I have allowed myself to become blinded, I continue to be ignorant because I can't see the truth that God wants me to see. God wants me to see it, but I can't see it. It's just it's not there for me to see because I'm I'm blind to it. It's covered up. That's why. Paul tells you when you're praying for the unsaved to take authority over Satan because he has blinded their eyes from seeing the truth. You've got to overcome that blindness first before you can get the truth of God on the inside of them. Who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. Well, what that's basically saying is, is this who being past feeling have given themselves over to all sexual unclean things because their minds are unclean. And they're thinking along these things with all greediness. They hunger after this type of lifestyle. And, I, and if you look at the world, you will see that they greedily hunger after this kind of lifestyle in the movies they watch, in the books that they read, in the magazines that they get, in the conversations that they have. It's all about this area because their minds have been blinded. Who being past feeling have given themselves over. They, God didn't give them over. They gave themselves over. They have given themselves 
over. They were not originally like this. This was not the way they were supposed to be. But they have given themselves over into this area. And this is how the Satan has done it. He did it because, first off, they were connected with God. But there were some areas where they were ignorant. And so Satan comes along and he gives, gives them questions. And then he supplies them with the wrong kind of answers. And because of their ignorance, they, they don't, don't compare it with what they know. They accept those answers as being truth. And now blindness begins to come over them. And then they begin to pursue this avenue. Fleshly stuff. So that's the circle, that's the circle that he gives us. But in verse 20, he says, But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him, and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus. But you have not learned Christ this way. You knew, but you were not alienated from God when you were first born again. Or when you were first born into this world. I heard um, somebody was talking about this. I was going to bring this up a minute ago. Someone was uh, talking to Brother Hagin about, uh, about that, about unsaved people. And he says, um, you know, are, are people born spiritually dead? And his, his comment was this. He said, well, he says, where does the Spirit come from? Does the Spirit come from God? Does God create spiritually dead stuff? Hmm. I mean, it seemed like a really simple answer right there. <laughs> so we're not born into this world alienated, but we are on a path because our sin will take us along a path where we need redemption. And at, one, at some point, we're going to come to the age of accountability where we can make a decision and say, I'm either going to go the way of God or I'm not. And for some of us, we just kept on going the way of God. And we've never known anything else but following after God. That's the only thing we know. That's all we've done. And that's good. But there are some people who became alienated, but thank God they came back. Amen. Thank God people prayed for them. People ministered to them. People helped them. And then once their eyes were opened and they understood, oh, they look back and they say, how could I have believed that? How could I have accepted that as being true? Oh, how stupid was I to think all that sort of thing? Oh, that was just that's just crazy. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard Him and have been taught by Him as the truth is in Jesus. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Come to me, all you who are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. A lot of folks are coming to God, and He wants to, come on out. All you folks that are under a whole lot of labor, you're, you're laden down with all kinds of weight, come on over here, and I will give you rest. And for a lot of people, they come over here to get rest from Him, and what happens? All right, now you've got to stop doing this, and stop doing that, and stop doing this, and do this, and do this, and do this, and don't do that anymore, and do this. And it doesn't sound like a whole lot of rest, does it? I mean, this is work. Oh, i got to not do If I do that, then this is going to happen. And Well, I can't do that. And I, <coughs> Look at what I'm doing over here. But you've not so learned Christ, if you, indeed you've heard Him. What did we learn? We'll go back to Matthew 11 again. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you Oh, rest is good, isn't it? How many times have, have we been tired and we're just thinking, oh, just to get some <sighs> rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest. You will find rest for your souls. But see, religion doesn't give you rest. Religion doesn't give you rest. Religion is out there, all right, you've got to do this, and you've got to toe the line, and you've got to go, because that's what most, most other things are about. It's all about works. You've got to do something. You've got to work something. You've got to... And that's not what God's about. God, He's about rest. And so how have, how have we learned God? Well, let's go back over to James chapter 1, the verse we were looking at on Sunday. <clears throat> James chapter 1, verse 19. So then, my beloved brethren... Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Remember that? For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. 
There is an implanted word that comes on the inside of us and implants itself. And then it begins to grow. It begins to grow. And as that implanted word begins to grow, it begins to overtake. And this is what we want. We want the implanted word to come on the inside of us and to begin to grow. So he says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. Too many times we are receiving these other things instead of the implanted word. But receive the implanted word. Let it grow up on the inside of you. And stop hanging on to all these other things. And you let the Word of God grow up on the inside of you. That's why you take the Word of God in. You listen to the Word whenever you can. You hear the, you meditate on the Word. You read the Word. You go over the Word. And then when you, go, when you go over the Word and you hear the Word on the thing, you do it. You do it. You put it to work. And that's why he goes on and says, But be doers of the Word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. We've got to take the implanted Word, and when we hear it, we do it. We put it to work. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing a natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it. What does it mean to continue? Yeah, not stop. Keep going. Continue. And is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. Blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but, de- he de- but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. So what you do, the implanted word on the inside of you, that you do the word that you hear, it ought to have an effect that people can see the actions, the deeds, that first off your tongue is controlled. That you can tame your, you can take control of your tongue. As we've been talking about on Sunday, you don't keep talking doubt and unbelief. You get a handle on that. You don't have to talk doubt and unbelief. You don't have to. It's a choice. I can talk about what the doctor said. I can talk about what the economist said. I don't know why in the world you would. Every time anything happens in the economy, every single time, I mean it, it's like clockwork. Every single time something happens in the economy, what did the economist say? They're surprised. Every single time, economists are surprised at the reaction of the consumers. Economists are surprised at the lack of growth in the housing market. Economists are surprised at the growth in the housing market. Economists are surprised at the lack of jobs. Economists are surprised at the increase of jobs. I mean, they're always surprised. (laughs) I think that's just astounding to me. Every time I hear that, that phrase, economists are surprised. Well, they don't know what they're doing then. But we become affected. I don't have to talk about what all these people say, about what economists say, about what doctors say. They, they say what they, they have a limited knowledge of. But I've got better knowledge. I've got knowledge from God. And when God speaks to me in His Word, and He says, no, it's this way. There's life. There's not death. There's hope. There's not despair. There's light, not darkness. There's understanding, not bewilderment. bewilderment. There's clarity, not confusion. That's what God says that there is. Oh, I can get excited. I don't have to talk about all this other stuff. I don't have to talk about, well, it's going to be this way because so-and-so said it would be. If anyone of you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. That basically means to be, remember from Sunday, unselfish. Stop living for yourself. Stop doing things that benefit you. Do things that benefit other people. Help other people that are around you. That's the first thing. That's the first goal. That's the first thing you focus on. Not me. Other people. We used examples on that before on the, on the Sunday. So he goes on in Ephesians. That you put off concerning your former conduct. Who puts it off? You do. God doesn't put it off, does He? You do it. 
You put it off. Oh, God, take this away from me. No. Put it off. You got to do it. You put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. Well, the old man, he will, he will grow corrupt. We were born with that man, but that old man will continue to grow more and more corrupt because he follows after the flesh nature. He's got deceitful lust. He keeps <clears throat> buying into the fact that, well, this is going to lead me to a good place, and it doesn't. This is going to lead me to satisfaction, but it doesn't. The old man which grows corrupt according to the, to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Same word used there as in Romans 12.1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We are transformed by the renewing of your mind, which means I think differently. I've been, if I go the way of the world, I'm trained to think that what the news people say is truth. What the economists say is truth. What the doctors say is truth. It's what's going to happen. If they say I'm going to die in two weeks, I'm going to be dead in two weeks. If they say it will always be this way, well, it'll always be this way. They say, I'm going to lose my job. Well, I'm going to lose my job. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, I don't think the same way as I did, as I did before. I think differently. I go about it in a different way. What's the Word of God say about this issue? What's the Word of God say about this problem? How's the Word of God say I should handle this? And I go back to the Word of God. God, what do you have to say about this? What... What's your opinion on this matter? And I go back to the Word of God and I find out, what is God's Word on this matter? And, and this is where, you know, being spirit-filled Christians, you have the ability that if you do not know the answer, that you can get down on your knees and pray in the Spirit. Father God, I do not know the answer to this, but I thank You that I can access the answer for this thing. And pray in the Spirit. You can get the answer. You can get the answer. Make sure you spend time praying in the Spirit. Listen to what God's saying. How is God telling you to pray? How is God telling you to think? How is God telling you to speak about this thing? And then you listen to that and you, you go out there and do it. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't be conformed to this world. What's this world do? This world gossips. What should we not do? We shouldn't fall into that, should we? This, this world rewards those who are nice to them. What should we not do? That's not how the Bible tells us to do it. It says actually go out there and help those, do good to those who can't return it. That's not what the world says. But don't be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Think differently. The Word of God says, give and it will be given unto you. The world says, keep all you can. <laughs> The, the Word says, look out for others. The world says, look out for yourself. No one else will. The world's magazines and periodicals are self, <laughs> people. What other crazy magazine? I don't even know all those. Uh, I just know self. That's it. What, a, what a name for a magazine. I could not even imagine having a subscription to one that, magazine that said self. I know somebody maybe here has that, so be careful. If you do, burn that subscription and get rid of it. Yeah, but I paid for the subscription. What if you were getting a magazine that's bad news, but I paid for the subscription? Yeah. <laughs> well, there was a king in the in Israel, and uh, he had hired uh, the uh, actually the, the king was in um, Judah, and he had hired soldiers from Israel. To help them fight a battle. And the prophet came and says, Why are you dependent on them? You're supposed to be dependent on God. Send them home. But I already paid the money. He said, So what? Let it go. God will give you more than that. <laughs> Sometimes we realize that we brought in something we shouldn't have brought in. Send it back. But I won't get my money back. Oh, well. <laughs> 
You won't have that thing anymore, will you? Get that kind of stuff out. You don't need that kind of a thinking. You don't need people to get you on that thought that, who am I? I'm important. I need to be this and I need to have this taken care of. And No, the Word of God says, serve others. You serve God by serving others. Find out how you can serve them. Find out how you can help them. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Don't be conformed to this world. Stay away from that. Whatever thinking that they have, whatever words that they use, don't use them. Use godly words. Get them out of your vocabulary. Don't think them. Renew your mind. Renew your thinking. I'm going to be thinking the Word of God. I'm going to be thinking what the Word of God has to say on this thing. You know, the world's going to come out there. The only way you can get ahead is to cheat. What's the, how does the Bible say that you'll be blessed in all you do? If you're a doer of the Word. Do the Word. No, you're going out there and say, if I do the Word, I will be blessed in all that I do. I'll be blessed in school. I'll be blessed in my job. I'll be blessed in my home. I'll be blessed in my hobbies. I'll be blessed in whatever it is I undertake. God will bless me. And I just have that mentality. I just have that attitude. That's how we need to, to keep ourselves. As greedy as we may once have been for unclean things, be hungry for the things of God. As much as we look at the world and they pursue the avenues of fleshly satisfaction, we should be pursuing after God in the same way. And not just to hear the things of God, but as soon as we hear it, begin to put it into practice. Begin to think it. Begin to do it. Begin to put it to work. For this, this way, we will be blessed in all we do. We should act this way towards our spouses. Act this way towards our children. Act this way towards our friends. Towards our neighbors. Whatever it is. So he says, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful us. So put this off and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. I got to do some of that. I got to get myself going in that because my mind wants to just wander on over here and be renewed in the things of the world. Be thinking on the things of the world because it's a whole lot easier to go that way. If you strike up a conversation with your neighbor, it's a whole lot easier to have a conversation that says, well, I guess this whole place is just going into the pit of hell. <laughs> Nothing good's going on. And we can just talk about how bad things are and how lousy things are. And No, no, no. Let's not have that conversation. Let's be thinking differently. Let's be thinking positive things. Let's be thinking, boy, how can God come, come through for me on this one? Have you ever talked to someone who's a warrior? Not you, of course, but you know, other people. You know some warriors that are in there. And if something goes on, they can worry about it. Oh, but what if this happens? Oh, but what if this happens? Oh, but it could get worse. Oh, but this could go on. Oh, but this might be over here. Oh, but this... And we just worry, 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 worry. That's old way of thinking. That's the old man going after, pursuing his way of doing things. But God says, now be renewed in your mind. Stop worrying. Stop worrying. For some people, you know, if they have kids that are out at nighttime, and, you know, once they start driving, and they're out, or they're, they're you know, doing some, some things, and you begin to be concerned. And the thought is, well, if I love them, I'll be worried about them. No. <laughs> That's the world's way of thinking. What should you do? Pray. Father God, I thank you that you guide them, that you protect them, that your angels are around them, that you speak wisdom to them, that your spirit is listening to you, and then go to sleep. Rest. Go to sleep. Doesn't do you or them any good to be waking all night. Oh, I hope to make it home. Oh, was that them? Oh, did the phone ring? Oh, I bet you the police are calling. That doesn't do us any good. It doesn't help us out any. Got to let that kind of stuff go. That's the old way as the old man. Put off those things. And that word there for put off is just like taking off a coat. Same word you would use if you're taking something off. If you walk into somebody's house, you've got a coat on, you take it off. No one else does that for you. You've got to take it off yourself. 
You got to be the one. You got it on. You don't want it on. If it starts to get hot, you know, you may start off with a long sleeve shirt on in the morning. Not recently, but <laughs> maybe maybe it was kind of cool, and you started off with a little bit uh, a long sleeve on, and then it starts to get hotter during the day. What do you do? Take it off. Now we don't need that anymore. You don't need that anymore. You don't need the things from the former conduct anymore. Take it off. I don't need that. But you've got to do this. God's not going to do it. You've got to do it. So put off. Be renewed. And that you put on the new man, which was created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness. Put on the new man. So there's a, you, you put off the old. You put off the old former conduct. And you put on the new man. And every time that you're walking along and the old man wants you to put him back on again. No. Just think of yourself like putting on a winter jacket in the middle of summer. Why would you want to do that? Why would you want to put a winter jacket on when it's 90 degrees outside? How many of y'all have been enjoying this last weather? Oh, I have too. I just, every time I go out there, it's just like, glory to God, it's hot. I love hot. You know, sawdust sticks to you all over the place, but it's hot. Oh, it's so good. It's hot. I love, love heat. All you needed to you know, you just think back in the wintertime with all those piles of snow and blowing wind. You want to go back to that? How many want to go back to that? No, no. <laughs> Put your hand down. Uh-uh. No, blowing wind. Snow, going out there and fighting the snow and shoveling the snow and oh no 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 this is so much I would much rather mow the lawn than shovel snow. Oh I tell you, because mowing the lawn, you sit on a tractor and you drive, just drive around, cut the lawn. That's all. Come inside, you're not exhausted, but I tell you, shovel snow. Oh man. Oh, that was so much work. It is more work to work to walk according to the old man than according to the new. But we're used to it. We're used to it. But it's harder. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If following after God, the way you've been following after God, is not easy and the burden is not light, then you have learned Christ in the wrong way. Renew your mind According to the word. Sometimes we, we, we get this idea, this religious idea about how we are to pray. And we labor hard in prayer. Hours praying for the thing. How did Jesus do it? Peace, be still. Is that easy? Oh, I mean, that is so much easier. In the midst of a storm, how do we, do, how do we battle it? Oh, dear God, I don't deserve this storm. I shouldn't be in the midst of this storm. Look at the stuff that I did. I did this, I did this, and I did this, and I've been busy here, and I've been studying this, and I've been in church, and I've been... Oh, God, help me out. Oh, God, get me out of this thing. We're like the disciples. Do you not care that we perish? We're all worked up. We're laboring. We're bailing water out of the boats and, and fighting the storm and, until we're exhausted. And last-ditch effort, we go down and we get Jesus. Don't you care? And Jesus gets up there. Peace, be still. <laughs> Which one was harder? Which one was easier? Follow after the Jesus way. His way is easy. His burden is light. If it's not easy, it's not light. It's not, not without persecution. Jesus promises there'll be persecution. There'll be external pressure against us. But you know what? It's so much easier to stay there with that. Because all we do is we speak to the situation. Peace. Be still. I say to you, arise. Lazarus, come forth. So much easier. So much easier. Yeah, get me be, get thee behind me, Satan, right? <laughs> so much easier than the way that we're doing it. Put on the new man. Christianizing the old man is religion. We do not want Christianized 
old men. I'm going to take the old man, the old nature, and put a Christian coat of paint on it. Because it's still the old, old stuff. Didn't change it. Put on the new man. Worry, confusion, that's part of the old man. Shouldn't be part of your new man. The new man shouldn't worry. The Word of God says, be anxious for? Nothing. What's that mean? Nothing. Is there anything we should be anxious about? Is there anything we should be worried about? Then why are we? Because we pick up the old man. We're going, trying to follow after God the old way. The reason that the people became alienated from God was because there was areas of ignorance and they pursued the wrong knowledge. In the same way, we Christians, when we follow after the new nature, the renewing of our mind, can have a hard time with it when we accept the wrong knowledge as truth. We aren't comparing it to what we already know. What does the Word of God tell us? What do we know that's truth that's in the Word of God? i got to always take and compare what people are teaching me with what I already know to be true in the Word. And if I accept truth that is false because I didn't compare it to what I knew and my ignorance can cause me to get a hard heart and darken me from the light that I was had. And that's not where we are to, to walk in. Put on the new man. Put off the old stuff. Put on the new. And be renewed in the thinking of your mind. Tomorrow as you go about your day. Tonight as you go to sleep. And as the thoughts come to your mind, are they new man thoughts? Or are they old man thoughts? Are they things that we can stand up before God and say, this is what I'm thinking on? Or are they things that we say, oh, I hope God's not listening to what I'm thinking on? <laughs> Put on the new man. Put on the new one. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. The Christian walk, folks, is restful. Doesn't mean it's not hard work. Doesn't mean you don't have to put some effort into it. But it's restful. There are ways to get things done that you feel rested, and there's ways to get things done that you're not. His burden is light. His yoke is easy. Father God, I thank you for the help that you give us in all areas of life. That your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. Religion is hard. It's heavy. But not you. We listen to our spirit. We retrain our mind. We let the word grow on the inside of us. We put off the old man. We put on the new and life is so much more fun. Depression cannot get a hold of us. False teaching bounces right off. Father, I thank you for it. Thank you for the way that you help us. There's areas that we are still ignorant of, but we pursue them in the right way. And our understanding is enlightened, not darkened. Thank you for the help that you give us in this. In the name of Jesus, we